0: Oh yeah, it's time for another podcast, and oh yeah, it's the edition where we cover Super Bowl 69, oh yeah. In addition, we have a few other things, we're going to get to some NFL news, uh, some real NFL news here right at the top, and also a little housekeeping to clean up some stuff that may have been missed last time, Um then after that, uh, we will have the Super Bowl recap, And at the end of the show, I think we are going to do two of the special segments that I usually put at the end. We're going to do a, uh, these guys are professionals. Uh, We're going to do one of those uh, where we talk about kind of a weird or funny NFL story. Uh, And then we'll also do some chalk talk. We'll go over a scheme. So that's a lot to do for today. Um, uh, It's not going to be that much. It might be a shorter episode, actually, but it'll be nice and clean and clean. And it'll be fun we'll get to our points and then we'll move on and I am uh, contradicting that by rambling here so let's go to our first thing uh, first thing is that last episode when we were going over player development news I missed one I missed a player that upped his development trait and this is embarrassing he was a Green Bay Packer so missed one of the Packers that improved his development traits Um The player here is Chris Ziegler, Ziegler, Ziegler. You have no idea what I'm doing right now. If you haven't seen the latest season of Better Call Saul, and even if you have, you probably still don't know what I'm doing. But anyway, Chris Ziegler, strong safety for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, He became a superstar, Uh, went up from star. I don't know what triggered this. It just happened at the end of the year. For no apparent reason, uh, he was somewhere in the voting for best defensive back, but not anywhere at the top. Uh, he became a superstar. He's in in the 80s on his ratings, so he got one ability. He's an acrobat, so that means he's doing trapeze and high wire and stuff. No, that's not what that means. That means he's he dives and jumps better for the ball. So that's all that means. So Chris Ziegler became a, a superstar for the Packers. Good news for them. Um, another thing to get to. Uh, A little bit of real NFL news. And this is something that um, several of my listeners, because I have tremendous listeners, uh, several of my listeners saw this story uh, just as I did. And they sent it to me, and I really appreciate that. That's tremendous news. Um, They sent me a story that is related to something we talked about uh, on the podcast not long ago at all. And the story they sent me is news about Patrick Mahomes. Now, we talked a little bit ago about Patrick Mahomes possibly, when he retires, having enough money to own or partially own the Royals. And I laid out how it could possibly happen. Well, it happened sooner than I thought. Patrick Mahomes has now spent... uh, or has now become a part of the ownership group for the Kansas City Royals. And basically the statement says Mahomes has spent a lot of time in clubhouses and he loves baseball, we're happy to have him, all of that stuff. And Mahomes says, I'm honored to become a part owner of the Kansas City Royals. I love this city and the people of this great town. This opportunity allows me to deepen my roots in this community, which is something I'm excited to do. So this is pretty cool. This is pretty uh, exciting news. Uh, I don't believe they're... Are any details on the, uh, any details on the agreement or the, the financial part of this? So maybe we'll find that out later. Maybe it's just kind of an investment. I'm not really sure how all that works. Um, but it's pretty fun. It's pretty cool. And it uh, means that he'll probably be at a lot of the games and he'll throw out some first pitches, which he's already done, and and that sort of thing. So this is pretty cool. It's pretty fun. And I just want you all to remember that you heard it here first. So that's why this podcast is so popular with the ladies and everyone else, because you get tomorrow's news today. Patrick Mahomes, partial owner, part of the ownership group of the Royals. And, uh, you know, maybe a couple decades before I predicted it would happen, but it did happen. And I don't think anybody else predicted it the way I did. So, toot, toot on my own horn there. Uh, Second little bit of news, and we won't spend much time on this, um, real NFL news, uh, in Washington. So, the name Redskins is gone. We knew that. We knew that was going to happen. And we were all eagerly waiting to see what the new name would be. Now, it was always odd that they all of a sudden, in July... Uh, decided that they could make this change and make it before the upcoming football season. Um, And it turned out that, yeah, that's a big problem. Big problem for uh, branding and color scheme changes and equipment and just all that stuff. Um, So what did they decide to do? Instead of the Washington Redskins, they are now the Washington football team. So trying to be as unoffensive as possible. And as always, that backfired because guess what? They've gone and done it. They've offended me. Okay. I'll tell you why. Because as someone who coaches football teams and has been a a part of a lot of football teams, I can tell you it's very offensive to me uh, that this organization thinks that it is anything that resembles a football team at all. I think if you've been paying attention to it, you know it. This is not a football team. So it's just a wholly inappropriate name. So do better, Dan Snyder. You got work to do. Figure it out. that music means that it's time for game recaps. And we only have one game to recap. It's the big one. It's Super Bowl 69. Nice. And I did not get to see this game. Is it a bad time for me? Um, So I will only talk about what I know of it. And then we've got some help covering this game. I'm going to be trying to do that more and more here in the future. Um, So this was the Panthers and the Browns in the Super Bowl. These teams have met a couple of times in the Super Bowl, uh, but really not as familiar with each other as some of the other matchups in this league. And this was a 17-13 victory for the Browns. I actually tuned in just in time to see the Browns celebrate, so not exactly the part of the game I was hoping to see. Fairly defensive game, some turnovers in this one. Uh, Both teams have a good defense, and and good defensive coaching staffs, so that's not surprising at all. Uh, I think the Panthers had some red zone interceptions that were really kind of backbreakers in the difference in the game, and they may have missed an extra point too that didn't ultimately end up being the difference, Um, but I didn't see it, so I I figure it's better to find somebody who has seen it, Uh, so we have a beat reporter from the Browns that's gonna that's gonna recap this game for us, tell us the important points we need to know, and uh, and just you know give you that kind of uh, man in the stadium feel about it. So let's listen to that.
1: Hey, they asked me back. It's everyone's favorite fan, Joe Schmo from Ohio. They asked me to do the Super Bowl recap, and now here I am giving it to you. Two great coaches, two great Munningers, just one proved to be a little bit better today. The biggest factor is that both teams really don't play each other often, the Browns and Panthers. On paper, the Panthers definitely had the better roster, but the Browns just have a little bit more experience in the big game. The game really was ugly. Five interceptions, one passing touchdown, seventeen to thirteen victory for the Cleveland Browns. Um not really many uh, things of note. The Cleveland Browns running back Rucca rushed two times and got hurt two times. Uh, Kelly had 85 yards and two touchdowns for the Panthers. Bracket came in and great as a great backup. Got 83 yards and one touchdown. Great Super Bowl. Great season. Have a lot of fun watching this.
0: Well, there you have it. I must confess, I was under the impression that we were going to get a real Browns beat reporter uh, instead of a rando fan that somehow got a microphone and sent a recording in to us. Um, but, you know, that wasn't too bad, really. And I'm glad that we got that enthusiasm of a fan into that recap. So I, I think he he pretty much covered it. And he he gave us kind of the, the man-on-the-ground feeling that we wanted. So thank you very much, uh, Joe Schmo, for doing that for us. And look forward to future reports from him, uh, if he's actually employed in this manner. Uh, moving on, we have an interview, a postseason interview. We're kind of getting back to those. It's been a little while since we've done them. Now, uh, we had been usually interviewing people from the Super Bowl champion. And you know, it's kind of getting to be the same people and over and over again. So we wanted to change it up a little bit. Let's get a different perspective uh, Let's interview somebody different. And so uh, this time, instead of hearing from a winner, we're going to hear from a loser. Oh, that didn't sound right. Uh, I can edit that out later. Yeah, we'll edit that out later. All right. Welcome to the program, coach slash general manager slash owner Munninger. Uh, how are you doing?
2: Well, I'm doing all right. Uh, it's been a long couple of weeks, but we're prepping for the draft now. never ends. You can't get two down.
0: That's very true. How did the team handle the Super Bowl loss? It was a really close one.
2: Well, it wasn't easy. Um, But they're professionals and they're going to pull through and they're, they're looking forward to next year already. So hitting the weights hard, continuing training, and waiting to see what new teammates they get.
0: Excellent. Yeah. And about the new teammates, Uh, This offseason, you guys traded away Julian Clancy, a receiver in his prime. And I see that you've moved up in the draft and added some draft picks. Uh, What can you tell us about the the future plans for the Panthers here?
2: Well, uh, you know, we still have Dion Haywood. He's going to be our number one. Um, There was no reason to want to get rid of Julian Clancy. It's just we have a lot of players with a lot of big contracts because we have a really good team. So he just became a cap casualty because his contract was the most tradable, and it was really that simple. Um, luckily for us, I feel like there's a lot of good receivers in this upcoming class, and we should be able to replace him. Um, but we also lost a lot of D linemen and uh, had a big loss on the offensive line as well. So, going to have a few holes to fill, but. That's the way the NFL works.
0: It, it really is. And you've got a good year to be looking for replacements and talent in the draft. I think a lot of people are really excited about this draft class. What have you seen from some of these young guys?
2: You know, uh, this is looks like one of the better ones I've seen in quite a while, um, especially at the receiver position, or if you need a middle linebacker, there seems to be a few good ones of those out there as well. Um, could be a a little bit of a down year for overall speed, but a lot of talent is going to come out of this draft and probably some future hall of famers.
0: Well, that's really exciting. We look forward to seeing those guys in the league. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, Toby Clemens, who's now I believe 32 years old and has yet to win the big one. And, this was a narrative people had about Peyton Manning for a long time and he finally won the big one. He actually won a couple of them. Um, do you think it's bothering him um, that that narrative is out there in the league?
2: I mean, I, I think he's just using it as motivation at this point. I, I think he's going to come back stronger than ever uh, looking forward to a, a new offense led by Dion Haywood and, and, He's ready to go. He's
0: always ready to go. So do you think uh, Clemens has very many more years in this league?
2: I think so. I mean, he's still got a good strong arm. He's going to stay accurate for a long time. He's not a scrambler. He doesn't take a lot of hits. So as long as we can keep him protected, he's going to be a quarterback for a while.
0: So if I'm reading between the lines, Panthers are not looking for a quarterback in the draft.
2: Not this year.
0: Good to know. Good to know. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Uh, Well, Coach, you have played the Browns. Is this the third time you've played them in the Super Bowl? I
2: think think that's right.
0: So uh, what message would you have for Panthers fans that are getting frustrated that they can't get the Browns beat?
2: Well, we're getting a little closer each time. We're Lost to them twice this year by just one score each, and we definitely had a chance there in the last two minutes of that game before their middle linebacker did some parkour off another linebacker and got into a passing line. But, uh, you know, our time's coming. It's on the horizon for sure, and we're absolutely looking forward to future Super Bowl games, whether it be against the Browns or others.
0: Sure, sure. Do you think anybody in the AFC can beat the Browns?
2: I think it's possible, but the Browns have a really solid roster and they have the top two picks in the upcoming draft. So I think if they have any holes, they're about to be filled.
0: Yeah, probably. Well, Coach, thanks for coming on and talking about the Browns with us. Uh, one more question before we let you go. What's your favorite color of ice or favorite flavor of ice cream? Chunky monkey. Chunky monkey. So the reports were wrong.
2: Yeah, I guess so.
0: Wow. Well, this team just became much more interesting. (laughs) Well, coach, we thank you for your time and good luck next year in the Pro Bowl. Well, that was great to have a coach slash general manager slash owner. Moninger um, on for the podcast and have an interview like that very generous of him to give his time for that so really thanks to him and that's wonderful content um, we'll move on to these guys are professionals uh, um, and this is a story that I think Well, I don't know if everybody knows the story but everybody remembers the moment it became kind of immortalized in uh, Coors commercials actually Um, and I just thought it would be fun to kind of revisit it and, uh, and and talk a little bit about it. And that's, uh, the, the playoffs, playoffs, what were you talking about? Playoffs? That moment, uh, it was a lot of fun. And like I said, it was kind of immortalized by the Coors commercials that did clips of coaches melting down. Uh, you can find those on YouTube and you can find his rant on YouTube. This was of course Jim Mora, uh, Coach Jim Mora, who had the playoffs rant where somebody asked him about the playoffs and he was just like, playoffs, I hope we just win another game. What are we talking about, playoffs? Um, a lot of fun. And it's just fun for me as a coach to kind of hear that is I get it. I get where it's coming from. Somebody asks you about something that seems like such a low priority at the moment, Uh, When I first started coaching, I was coaching an eight-man team, and we had this moment come during a season where one of the parents had decided that it would help the kids at halftime if they got uh, apple slices and orange slices It'd kind of replenish some of the vitamins and things like that, and it became really important to them. So they were doing that, and I was like, okay, fine, that's generous, that's great, Uh, and they they did that and they were giving out orange slices and stuff to the kids and then i don't know if any of the kids some of the kids eventually ended up saying yeah it kind of makes me feel like a uh, these these were high school kids and some of them said it kind of makes me feel like i'm a grade school kid I'm getting orange slices at the end of a soccer game or something but i don't know if that really came from them or came from their parents because the there came this other group of parents who were saying This is dumb. This doesn't do anything to help the kids replenish their vitamins. And then both of them were coming at us, uh, us meaning the coaching staff, with, you know, oh, I found this study, and oh, well, I I found this study, and oh, you know, Alabama does this with their football players. You know, if it's good enough for Alabama, it's good enough for us, and just this thing. And finally, I, I didn't even talk to the parents. See, I was wise, even... As a very young man coaching a football team, I ignored the parents part of it, and I went straight to our kids and sat them down one day after practice and said, guys, I, I, first I asked them to share their feelings about it and say, you know, does this make you feel like a kid? Do you like it? And of course, I got yes to all of those questions, and I finally said, okay, guys, look, all of you were raised by your parents to say no thank you if you don't want something. So if the orange slices come out at halftime, say no thank you and move on. And if you're one of the guys that likes them, then eat them. Fine. But guys, I am more concerned that we can't tackle anybody. And I I feel like that's kind of the place Jim Mora was at right there. Um, So this was, to give the background of this little rant, it was, I believe, the 2001 season. uh, Peyton Manning's third year. Uh, the Colts had gone thirteen and three in Manning's rookie year, and he had had interceptions and just all kinds of problems. Uh, and then they turned it around and went thirteen and three the very next year, and in his second year in the league. And I don't remember how he played necessarily, but I don't think it was necessarily because of him that they went thirteen and three. But one of the things people find in the NFL is if you get a quick turnaround on a team like that, it usually kind of reverts back again in the third year it's really hard to take a young team, turn them around real quick, and then have them stay disciplined the next year. Oftentimes they're like, oh, we're awesome now. And they get a little bit lax. And the margin for error in the NFL is so small that you get a little bit lax and you get knocked off your your pedestal again. And I think maybe that was happening with the Colts in 2001. And this was week 10. I believe. And the Colts had just fallen to four and six after losing to the forty ers by a score of forty to twenty-one. And so they were looking at if they did not win another game, they probably weren't going to the or if they did not if they could not win the rest of their games, they were probably missing the playoffs. And Jim Mora was frustrated because they had turned the ball over a bunch of times in that game. And that was how that press conference started, was with him talking about how you just can't win games when you turn the ball over five times. Uh, And he was a little bit unhappy with Peyton Manning. Um, And, you know, rightfully so, because I believe there were two defensive touchdowns for the 49ers that day. Um, Maybe not all of them were Manning's fault, but... So he's sitting there and the very first question is coach do you think you guys are going to make the playoffs? And, and and that's when he that's when he went off and he's like playoffs guys are you seeing how we're playing? That's that's what's kind of rolling in his head is is we got to get back to basics of protecting the football before we even think about anything else and so uh so it was kind of that rare moment of emotional honesty from a coach because they – they're usually really, really good at keeping this sort of thing under wraps. Uh, and so he went off on the on the playoffs. What are you talking about, playoffs rant? So uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, go look it up on YouTube and watch it because it is pretty entertaining. Um, the way you'll find it, I, I guarantee this will find it for you, is type in playoffs with a question mark. and I guarantee that's the clip that's going to come up. Um, and if you want to read a little bit about what Jim Mora thought of it, uh, kind of later in his life, there's a piece from 2011, um, on ESPN.com, uh, where he talked about it just a little bit, uh, with a sports writer and the title of the piece is remember that you kidding, uh, because you know, playoffs, you kidding. That's the thing he had said. So. If you want to read a little bit about it, that's a nice, short, easy-to-read piece, and it's kind of fun. I'll go back to that that moment that we all remember. I, I think we all remember it, and we've, I've certainly all seen it, I'm, I'm sure. So that was our kind of weird NFL story of the day. Uh, and finally, we'll do a little bit of chalk talk, do a little scheme thing. We're going to talk about the cover one. We're going to break down the cover one defense. I don't know why, but it, these scheme talk things always end up being a defensive pass coverage. I guess I just feel comfortable talking about those. I don't know. But anyway, cover one. Okay. Here's the important thing about cover one. You're going to cover one guy. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody.